What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Come At Me, Bro. This is episode 34. I am your Wired host tonight, Joey, joined alongside Drew. You need sleep. And Tyler. When your wife says she has to poop, how do you respond? What the hell? <laughs> how do you respond to that? Uh, I say, please, go take care of business. Drew? With the door shut in the other room. Drew? Any comment? Has your wife ever said that to you? Joey, has your wife ever said that to you? I plead I'm, the fifth. I'm pleading the fifth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, not, I'm not going there. They don't. They, but they I don't mean, even... yeah, Joey's got the exact right response. Just say, okay, go. Do I mean, it how now. do you how do you acknowledge that? You just say okay. I don't, yeah, I don't or think you there's do like a little heat. hand motion, like pointing to the toilet. Okay. I mean, this is how Zeke is responding to. This is how the Cowboys <laughs> are responding to Zeke. Because the Cowboys don't know how to respond to how Zeke is doing. Zeke's saying, I'm going to take a dump on everyone by getting paid lots of money. And everyone's like, go take care of your business, man. Do what you got to do. Wow. I did not see that transition at all. I will be the first to say that. <laughs> Tyler yeah. just compared Ezekiel Elliott of the Cowboys to our wives taking poops. Yeah, I just, I, I don't know on that one, Ty. Uh, overall, the whole Zeke thing. So do you guys think he's coming back? I know, Tyler, we were talking a bit before the show. You really don't think Zeke will be coming back? No, he's not. He's oh, he's chilling in the Caribbean. He will most definitely be back before the dump. end of the season. By the end of the season? Okay, I do think, I think, uh, and I know this kind of reverses my conversation a little bit, but I think Ezekiel Elliott will be playing before Antonio Brown. Hmm. No. Well, who has a better I think chance? Brown Antonio came Brown in today, or Zeke Elliott? I mean, Antonio Brown has problems with his feet. His feet are like frostbitten or something, I've heard. Yeah, he, he got frostbite from not protecting them correctly, but he's he's recovering. So I think he'll be back. They said, the other takes, reports have said that he's been away because of the helmet stuff. It not takes four to six months. Yeah, they have so many drugs they can take, though, to numb the pain. Because that's all it is at this point. It's just pain. He's not going to have any feet, then. Eh, he'll be fine. I mean, as a receiver, yes, to catch the ball. <laughs> but you got to run. you got to, you know, you got to change directions. He's not going to have any feet to play on. So I think Ezekiel will be playing before Antonio Brown. But it could be December. It could be, you know, I think, I think Antonio Brown's happy. He's living in Oakland because it's a little bit warmer there. But... <laughs> He goes to Denver, or if he goes to you know New England or whoever, whatever cold weather team there is that they're playing. I think they're. I don't think they're playing Buffalo. Um, but Denver is definitely going to be cold, depending on when they play him. Um, he's not going to be a happy camper. Okay, going off this Antonio Brown thing, the whole helmet thing is another story in particular. But the whole frostbite thing, do you guys find it odd at all that the Madden curse has once again struck? Uh, the player that is the cover athlete on Madden seems to have issues many, many times throughout the franchise. In particular, this Madden is run on the Frostbite engine, and now we see Antonio Brown as the cover athlete having issues with Frostbite. How have I not seen this all over Reddit? It must be there. <laughs> I mean, that to me is just so ironic. <sighs> the irony hurts. Not as bad as the Frostbite, <laughs> but it hurts. It's cold, man. It's cold out there. <sighs> so, so How that's, dumb I mean, is this, too, though? That's why I'm not going to be drafting what, the Mahomes. Because of the cover? Yeah, he's on the cover. I'm not drafting him now. 
Uh, I will be the first to take the risk on Patrick Mahomes, personally. Yeah, uh, I was the first in... Well, I had the opportunity in both my leagues. I actually passed him up in my second league uh, for Roethlisberger, which ended up being a pretty good move overall. Uh, Mahomes definitely outperformed him, but Roethlisberger still ended in the top five for me in that one. Uh, I think Mahomes just has that secret skill, though. He has that X factor. He seems to be able to get it done as a pocket presence quarterback. He also has the potential to run when he needs to. But I feel like the wide receiver core there... The running back core, the line, that Kansas City team is built for success. I don't think they win the Super Bowl just yet, but I do think he's still going to have a great season. I'm a strong believer of the sophomore slump, uh, and that's what Mahomes will be. But I want to kind of, before we get, I know we've gone to like 17 different mm-hmm. topics, but let's just make sure we hammer out Zeke. And yes. with our insider, Drew, uh, give us your latest update on where Zeke is. Does he have a margarita in his hand still? <laughs> Has even picked I'm up a pretty football. sure he's got he's got a, a margarita in one hand and a dumbbell in the other, and he just kind of switches hands as he does sets because I know he's still working out. You know, he's doing that that anger angry working out where he's watching highlights of the Cowboys camp while he's doing it to get mad and, and be motivated. Um, though he's, I'm not going to go into if I think it's right or wrong for him to want to be paid because he is worth more than he's getting paid. You can't deny that. Um, I still think that he's kind of screwing over his team. Um, both in the short term and in the long term by, by demanding money right now. But whether he likes it or not, and I hope the Cowboys know this and remembering this, he will be back this year. Because if he does not come back this year, his times in the league doesn't tick over to the next number. And so he comes back next year with two years left on his contract. So he's just so on hold. Yeah, him uh, him doing nothing and not playing is not like Le'Veon Bell, where he gets closer to free agency and can demand more money. No, next year he will still be two years under contract, owed one million whatever this year and nine million whatever the next year, whatever those numbers are. So him him holding out completely does absolutely nothing, and the Cowboys have to know that. What um, an idiot! So obviously, they want him to play. Um, Tony Pollard looks pretty good in the preseason game. But it's a preseason game, and he's a rookie. You never know what's going to end up happening there, how he'll be. But, yeah, in the end, the Cowboys have the leverage because they cannot pay him, and he's still under contract for two more years. Obviously, no one wants that because then they're really not going to have a good relationship. But he he only holds so many cards in his hands here, and I, I'm not that worried about it at this point. I, I would just like for it to get settled just so it's not a distraction once the season starts. Right, and both sides need to come in on this. The fact that Ezekiel wants so much, he can't have all the money in the long-term contract right now. The Cowboys just cannot afford it salary cap-wise. It doesn't make sense with the rookie deal being in place. Like, for me, I think the Cowboys need to come down. They need to be willing to offer him something, but Ezekiel's got to be willing to accept something smaller for now with the potential to upgrade it next year or the following year as that rookie contract runs down. So to me, you give him more money. He deserves more money. Uh, He's running really well, and running backs have such a small span, especially if injuries come into play. Plus, Ezekiel's an idiot, and you never know when the the outside-the-field stuff can come into play. He's already gotten into trouble so many times. I think that's a big factor in his mind as well as the aging running back system. But on top of that, the Cowboys need to be willing to shift something. The guy is phenomenal. He's a very good back. Yes, you can really argue that he can get in trouble and screw up everything, but you can put clauses like that into the contract. So Ezekiel needs to be willing to see those clauses, willing to behave off the field, but also willing to take a shorter contract with less money up front here with somewhere in that contract 
Maybe you put option years in there, or maybe you put this has to be rediscussed later on in the next year. Like someone's got to come in. I think both these teams do, and I think a deal does get done. Uh, Jerry Jones is doing his little, oh, I think it'll fine. Pollard can jump in just fine, and he can. The Dallas Cowboys have such a freaking strong front line. They have one of the best in the NFL, and really any running back can sit in there. At the same point, we saw it last year with Pittsburgh. Connor did very well on certain games, but again, it's not going to be like that with every team. A team like Pittsburgh, a team like Dallas does have the potential for a different running back to step in because of the strength of the line. Ezekiel brings an extra X factor to the field. He's not really necessary right now for the Cowboys. I do think a deal gets done, but both sides need to come in a bit more. If this I, wannabe hamster sausage finger Minnie Mouse thinks he's going to get a deal, he's not going to get a deal. And if I'm the Dallas Cowboys, I, after what Drew just told me, I'm not giving him anything because this is what we call a quarterback league. This is a quarterback wide receiver league. And, yes, Dak Prescott has done very well with Ezekiel Elliott. Dak Prescott it is a good quarterback. I wouldn't say he's great, but this is a quarterback league. At least not yet. And running backs are, are very uh, loosely said in their – you can find another one. I mean, Joey, you just said, oh, yeah, running backs are very short in this league. Then I'm not paying some guy $80 million so he can wreck my team what he's doing right now. No way. I'm investing in a quarterback, receivers, and a running back will do his job, run downfield, run north and south, and nothing is east and west like Shady McCoy. But you don't. You, you just let him sit on his butt, enjoy the margaritas. We're going to move on with our life. I mean, I, I like Jerry Jones' philosophy. If they don't want to – he doesn't want to deal with us, that's fine. He's, he's trash. He's dumpster fire. That's fine. I mean, Jerry Jones is a tough one to read, though, because we know he likes his stars. We know he wants those really capable players that have shown that they can put the team on their back in certain situations. Ezekiel is one of those. Again, just the off-field issues is one thing. The fact that he wants so much money right now in such a bad situation for the Cowboys, it just it doesn't make sense for me, and Drew really brought it up last week. They have so many contracts on the line, and if they overspend on Ezekiel now, they really, really screw themselves over next season when some of these other contracts run out. So they need to be proactive in the sense that they're thinking ahead for seasons to come. Giving Ezekiel too much here really kills the franchise. There's going to be some interesting stuff to watch this year too because some of those guys they need to sign are on defense. Um, but we've seen Rod Marinelli uh, you know, do some alchemy and, and turn rocks into gold. If he if he takes some of these these rookies and undrafted guys and and young guy signings and makes them into quality starters, they might be willing to let some of those defensive guys walk instead of paying them new contracts. And if that happens, that's some more money they can use to sign some of these guys next year or money they can plan on using next year. But you're not going to know that till the season's going, and so again, that kind of makes you wonder. I. I'm still expecting what's going to happen with Zeke is they basically front him some more money from his bonus for next year with the intention of giving him a long-term deal at the end of the season. Because that gives him more money now, makes him feel a little important, it makes him feel heard, but it doesn't impact their salary cap really, um, and it lets them still have that flexibility and, and the ability to work with guys and see what their situation is going to be a year from now with some of those those contracts expiring. Right, and I think that's closer to your answer. Again, I could see Ezekiel saying, hey, I don't really want that deal. I'm really looking for the long-term contract that some other players in other major sports are getting. He's not going to get a 15-year deal like Bryce Harper or Manny Machado. It's just not going to happen, especially in football for a running back of all things. 
but he's going to want some more years. He wants that flexibility. He wants really that insurance in case he gets injured or in case he has off-the-field issues that end up obstructing his ability to continue negotiating for new contracts down the road. So I hope your solution's the solution, Drew. I think that's the, I don't want to say the most manliest, but the most professional from both sides to come out and agree on a deal with. At the same point, I can't always say that NFL players play the professional route. No. So, the, Tyler, I want to come back to something. So you say Dak Prescott is good but not great. Um, I think I can agree with you overall there. Um, right now the report is out that the Cowboys offered him $30 million a year. He said no and is going to come back with $40 million a year. Uh, right now the highest paid quarterbacks are Tom Brady and Russell Wilson making $35 million a year. Um, is Dak worth as much as them? I would I would say all right you're worth thirty million if you make the playoffs and get us to the Super Bowl we'll pay you forty million next year because that's what these guys have shown us that they can go to the Super Bowl forty million dollar mm-hmm. quarterbacks go to the Super Bowl yep. you haven't done that and you don't have Elliott man we're definitely gonna pay it if you do without Elliott and you can write that into a contract pretty easily oh yeah done deal. You, you, you. You get those escalators and those those kind of things that raise your your base salary. They can definitely do that. So right now, thirty million dollars is top five money. If he took that deal right now, is he getting paid what he's worth? Is that overpaying him? Do you have to overpay quarterbacks? What do you think? Yeah, you have to you for his caliber. I think you. I think that's the right number. I don't think you have to overpay quarterbacks. I think you got to make a calculated decision and say, all right, is this guy worth it? I think he's worth it. He's proven it. He's proven he's young. He's mobile. He He's your little Russell Wilson, I would say, um, that's still young in the league. I mean, he came in 2016. The quarterbacks you just mm-hmm. mentioned have been in the league 8 plus, 10 plus. Brady now going on 20. It's just <laughs> – it just – it's Insanity. a bi- it's a big number. Uh, when it comes to years. So hearing 20, it's like, man, that's old. Right, you hear um, kickers last that long, and that's about it, and that's only a few of them. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, you have to pay for a quarterback. If you're going to do well in this league, you have to pay for a quarterback unless you have Mahomes, which you will pay eventually because he's not going to be going anywhere yeah. anytime soon except for the sophomore slump where defenses are probably going to pick up on what he can and cannot do. And so, you know, that – that is your that's your case with your quarterbacks that's how the league has changed okay Dak is good Dak is not great I agree with Tyler on that I think one of the premiums that you pay for in Dak and there's a couple of them here one being his social aspects he's a very good speaker he is very good with the media he's very good with fans on social media platforms that is something you don't always get from quarterbacks Certain quarterbacks out there are in trouble with the law. Other quarterbacks can barely speak a sentence in English. Like, when you look at it, Dak has these abilities with the social aspects that I think are very big when it comes to quarterbacks. In addition to that, he also brings leadership to the locker room. That, to me, is another one of these X factors, in a sense. You don't always get an athletic player that also brings leadership to the locker room. Dak does bring that as well, and he brought it as a young player, too. So, with the social aspects... With the leadership and with his good quarterback playing ability, he's good with his legs and he's good with his arm. He's not great at either one of those. Put all that together, I think you have a good package deal. I don't estimate that package deal at $40 million, though. I think I offered 32 as a counter offer. He counters maybe again or he sticks with 40. I say 35 final offer. That's as much as I pay him. What quarterback can't speak a sentence or English? 
I mean, have you heard some of these interviews from quarterbacks? I would love to backs? hear. I would love to hear. Please give me give me a uh, give me a quarterback. Go listen to my boy Marshawn Lynch over there. Okay, that's not back. a quarterback. I, I want to hear a quarterback. You said a quarterback. Marshawn Lynch uh, is thankful. He's great. Think. He's thankful. I mean, we know that he's very thankful. Him and his skittle Don't breath. You ever hear, Please. Did you ever hear give, Jamarcus Russell talk? Oh yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> is there another quarterback who's still in the league who can't speak a sentence? Uh, still in the league. Uh, oh, Sonny Jorgensen with the Redskins. Was okay, all right, that's really mean. I mean, he just <laughs> retired. I completely agree with you. He may have said three <laughs> words total, like every ten minutes, but I don't know why he was on the set for the last five years. I mean, I'm sure he was a great player. I have respect for him, but him as a radio broadcaster, his time was up about ten years ago. So I don't even know why he's still in the booth, <laughs> to be honest. It it kind of I like I mean, there's some there's some quarterbacks out there, sir. And the other thing is, like, just players in general. I mean, it's the same as boxing. You get hit in the head a certain amount of times, things get a little harder for the player. Uh, So, I mean, overall, I think you pay a premium for stuff like that. Dak is able to be one of those players that they can really promote on social media, not just by pictures and clips, but they can also promote him speaking at events and different things like that. So I think that brings something else to the table as well as the leadership, which is very hard to find, a really strong leader that's also good at his role. Right, he's a counter-seek. That's what he is. Zeke at any time can, you know, light up a controversy and have it explode. Um, and then they just point to Dak, and they just suddenly make Dak the poster, if he's not already the poster. And everyone doesn't forget necessarily, but but he cancels it out so much that people think, oh, Zeke, that's just him. It's not a Cowboys problem. It's a Zeke problem because the Cowboys have Dak. All right, they we had got- Jason Witten. He's back now, but he won't be back for very long. But he was kind of their poster boy. He and Tony Romo both. Um Dak is now their poster boy. Him and Leighton Vander Esch, like those are their guys to point at and say, "Look how good and and nice they are, and they're our face of our franchise." And don't look at those other guys. You got the yin and yang. Um, speaking of hitting the head, uh, yeah. what do you guys yeah, think? I'm of curious on this Antonio Brown's helmet controversy. I mean, he has been wearing an illegal helmet, and he's known this the last five years that they were going to phase him out, but he is the last remaining uh, lemming, I should say, or dodo bird to have this type of helmet. Um, Tom Brady, the cheater, also had this helmet and uh, now has finally switched over. But what do you guys think of him being all up in arms with not having the correct helmet and wanting to stay with his own helmet? Well, I think the whole if I can't wear my helmet, I'm going to retire thing was just dumb because nobody believed that. Um <laughs> I I'll really, get back to I that really in wanted second. him to retire. That would have been pretty funny. It, it's such an Antonio Brown thing. Like, if he had done it, I would have been shocked, but not surprised, because that's just the kind of, like, alpha move he would make. But, um, but putting aside that no one believed that for just a second, coming back to him actually kind of taking it to an arbitrator, that for me, that kind of just falls under the if you don't ask, the answer is automatically no. Um, I don't blame him for going because if he likes his helmet and he knows how it fits and he knows how he can play in it and such, I don't blame him for wanting to keep using it. The worst they can do is tell him no, which is what happened. He's lost absolutely nothing except for then the stupid remarks on social media that kind of take some of his credibility away. But it doesn't hurt to ask. Um, I, I get it. With sports, you want the thing that you're familiar with, the thing you're comfortable with, the thing you know. Baseball players love to use the same glove. Obviously, different topic because it's not a safety issue there. 
Except maybe if it's so worn through that it'll break your hand when you catch the ball. But, um, you know, you want it because you know how it feels. You know you know exactly how hard you have to squeeze it. You know all those things about it. You know what? It, it's it's a comfort thing, so I get it. But, but staking your playing career on getting to use this helmet, that's just... That's dumb. And and it for him, he's got to look at everything else that's happened this offseason and everything about him and all the opinions that have changed about him and all the eyes that are on him. He's went from this, like, incredible story of, you know, lower draft pick who just came out of nowhere and became the best receiver in the NFL to the super selfish drama queen who's too dumb to protect his feet and doesn't want to play without his helmet and he's going to go cry in the corner. Like, I have no respect left for Antonio Brown. He's going to have to do something this year to make me like him. Because right now, I don't like him. I don't want him on my fantasy team. I don't care how many times they're going to throw the ball to him every game. I don't want him. I don't want to deal with him. I don't want to hear his name. I'm tired of him. I'm done. They're not going to throw Right, and he's acting like a straight-up goofus right now. I mean, when it comes down to it, the guy's talented, and the guy does have a good point. I mean, when you're a wide receiver, one of the biggest aspects is obviously catching the ball. One of the other biggest aspects is being able to see the ball to catch it. So, okay, the helmet has a different shape. You can't see the ball as well. I get that. I see where he's coming from. I get the argument. I'm glad he asked. I think that's right. The whole retirement thing was dumb. No one believed it to start with. I think that was just unnecessary drama that we've seen from Brown over the last two to three seasons anyway. To me, the bigger question is the NFL. So we look at this whole helmet policy. Should the NFL be the one controlling the health of these players? Or should they be able to give more flexibility to players in this sense? Like if Antonio Brown wants to go out there and be able to see the ball better, but also have a lot higher really risk of getting a head injury, should they let the player do that? Or should they have the overarching say as the league itself? Well, it's a, a, it's a joint thing between the NFL and the NFL Players Association, correct? I don't 100% know the details, so that's partly asking as well. I'm, I'm pretty sure it is. I know it's not just the NFL mandating this. There's a whole mess of stuff behind it with the research and the NFL Players Association involved to to decide helmets that are as up to the the highest standard possible and newer helmets are just designed better to be safer. I don't know what all those metrics are, what those tests look like, but that's the point. It's very similar to car seats in cars. Car seats after they're like eight years old or something, maybe it's even less than that, are considered out of scope and are, are illegal. You, you could get a ticket for having your kid in an outdated car seat. And it's the same idea. As, as studies are done and things are learned and materials are improved, car seats get safer. And the only way you get people to switch to the safer stuff is to make the other stuff that may still be safe by definition. It's not as safe as it could be. But I so, think it's a little different in that sense because now you're comparing adults to youth. Like, I feel like youth, yes, the parents should have some say, but overall, I think the society should have some say in safety issues with youth. When it comes to adults, though, when it comes to 18 and over, I get it, the league is the controlling body here, but should they have this full say on this, or should players be given a bit more flexibility? Again, Drew, you brought up a great point. If it is the Players Association, well, hey, Brown's just got to suck it anyway. But when it comes down to stuff like this, I feel like the I, I would be okay with the players having more flexibility, even though it's dumb to do in the first place. No. Well, and it's it's a money thing. You we had all the head injury stuff. They don't want to pay for more things. Exactly. If they can say we made players switch to this helmet, we're not liable for the head injury. Then that's just easier than trying to to say, well, we gave them this waiver, even though we knew it wasn't safer. And then it becomes an issue of, well, you didn't do enough because you let him do it. Mm-hmm. You just making them switch just makes it easier for them. Whether they should have that control or not, I don't know. 
we know that athletes don't always do the thing that's smartest for them. So at some point, I kind of am okay with it. This is not the NBA. Antonio Brown, for a second, thought he was in the NBA and thought he could do whatever yeah. the heck he wanted, like you can do in the NBA. If if Antonio Brown really, and you know, at one point, if the league was really concerned that he was going to retire, I think the league would would figure out how to make a deal and said, "Listen, you can wear that helmet, but we're not paying for any medical expense. We're not paying for any liability." You're on your own, man. So if you come at age 50 and you got, you know, birds tweeting around your head and seeing stars every day, that's not our problem. We <laughs> gave you the waiver. Yeah, they'd have to do something like that. But I, I think it would hit the – I mean, I think it would hit the league uh, severely if he didn't play. Um, I mean, Elliot is being a dum-dum, but Antonio Brown, being that it's a passing league, um, that – would have made some head scratch in the NFL would have been not hurting, but it would definitely have taken a hit. I would think, um, in that sense. Yeah. And from the youth football level, I will say that we do require waivers and helmets that we assign and we get them reconditioned every year and different things like that. So from a youth perspective, the parents don't really get a say. I think the big thing for me is the 18 years or older. At the same point, I personally would agree. I think the league itself should set these. I think safety first is the big policy. You take away some excitement. You might take away a little bit of view as far as being able to catch the ball. But overall, I think safety first. So that would be my approach. At the same point, I could see that being a big argument down the road as well. Eh. Players always have to evolve to different rules and stuff. This is just another rule they have to evolve to. And it's hitting such a small percentage of people who really don't like it i mean from what i read yeah tom brady who's unhappy about it aaron Rodgers, also a bit of a diva uh not a fan of it antonio brown and then a, a few other raiders players i'm betting a few of those raiders players are mad about it because antonio brown is mad about it and they want to be cool um and they're also just a <laughs> bunch of cranky old guys that are over there and that team is going to be so interesting to watch but yeah it's it's not like it's a bunch of the league that's upset about it just like, you know, defensive players have had to learn to tackle differently because of some rule changes recently. Uh, not going to argue whether those are good or not. But then, okay, fine. You've got to learn to turn your head differently to catch this pass. That's your job. Figure it out. They're trying to make you safer while you do your job. Get over it. Um, do you guys want to know his nicknames? ABs? There's AB, and then there's another one. Crybaby? No. <laughs> Sorry. No, I, I wasn't a serious guess. I, I don't actually know other nicknames for him. Mr. Big Chest. <laughs> what? Real? Or NBC. That can't be it's, real. It's, yeah, I don't... That's why. Hey, I have no idea. Mr. Big Chest. That's... <laughs> I are, are you making that up? I, how can I make that up? I mean, really. Yes, you would make that up. I can't make that up. If you go to pro reference, profootballreference.com... Oh, yeah, there Nickname, it is. Mr. Big Chest. Type it into Google. He, oh, no, no, I'm sorry. He he asked to be known as okay. Mr. Big Chest. That's very different. <laughs> he, he said on an Instagram Live back in February, he no longer likes to be referred to as AB, and he'd prefer to be called Mr. Big Chest. He didn't want to be referred to called Ab. Hey, Ab. <laughs> I'm gonna call him Frosttoe. Hey, I mean that's why he came in on a hot air balloon. He didn't want to walk in the camp, walk in the camp because his toes were bothering him. So he had to come in in a hot air balloon. Boy, I swear. 
Uh, so NFL preseason is not the only thing happening. Tyler, talk to us a little bit about arena football. Uh, I know nothing um, other than that the uh, uh, what's the the valor uh, probably didn't make the playoffs, but um, there was a team uh, in Albany that won the arena Super Bowl. Is that what they're calling it? The arena, arena bowl. bowl champ. The arena bowl. The arena bowl. So the championship of the arena bowl. Uh, and the winning quarterback from uh, the Al- Albany Empire. Albany um, something, yeah. Was uh, Tom Grady. He's known by Tommy Grady, but <laughs> I think it's even more hilarious that it's Tom Grady. Um, and for those who don't know, watch football. There's another guy who's a cheater named Tom Brady. He's won a lot of Super Bowls. <laughs> I've never heard he's of him. He's won a lot of Super Bowls. Um, supposedly, but he's cheated a lot. So I'm sure this Tom Grady has done the same thing or taken notes from Tom, the the other Tom Brady. So um, that's the funny thing that happened this sports weekend. <laughs> so as a Buffalo Bills fan, hearing a name like Tom Grady here that's so similar to Tom Brady, how does it make you feel? Are there any like feelings swelling up within you? Uh, there's a lot. A um, lot, of, lot <laughs> of bad feelings. Uh, I really just... Well, so here's the... Go ahead, Drew. Here's my here's my question. He's he plays for Albany. Um, is there some is there like an interstate rivalry between Albany and Buffalo? Does it bother you that the most successful football franchise right now in New York is uh, an arena football team that's not in Buffalo? Yeah, please, Tyler, lay on our couch for a minute and let's just talk through your feelings. <laughs> a lot of feelings right now. Uh, no, I mean it's it, it's just how that mojo is going to get to Buffalo. I mean, really, the two rivals are Buffalo and Rochester. I would think they're rivals. Okay. But, I mean, there's only one New York team, and they're the best. That's the Buffalo Bills. So, I mean, that's hands down. Righteous. That is the best New York team and the only one. Well, maybe if the Bills keep playing their little quarterback shuffle of seasons past, we could see Tom Grady moving to Buffalo. Listen, there's no quarterback shuffle anymore. Our boy Josh Allen. <laughs> Not until the end of his rookie contract, at yeah. least. Yeah, but there you I, go. I, I am actually with you. I, I see him being there for a while. I, I think he's got the talent and the, the drive. Suck it. Um, I, I could see him outlasting a coach, at least. No, I, I don't know, boys. I can just think of the marketing memes you could spread around Tom Grady moving to Buffalo. The divisional rivalry, Brady versus Grady. Like, come on. Oh, but could you imagine so much if, marketability. Tom, if Tom Brady <laughs> retired and then the Bills signed Tom Grady? Like, the joke writes itself. Like, Oh, be brilliant. Even if you just sign him to be a bench spot, I think the social media presence would be 100% worth the contract. We already have, not that you guys know, but there's a guy named Tyree Jackson who played for the University of Buffalo. The Bills signed him, and he's, the, I think, a third string or fourth string. So we'll see if he can keep it in Buffalo. And played for the Buffalo Bulls uh, college team, and now he's playing for the Buffalo Bills. So we'll see if he lasts throughout so the season. So it's adorable. Uh, no, Tom Brady, I, th- I think Tom Brady's not going to last the season. He's too old. And Antonio Brown's not this, – these are, like, my optimistic um, – Well, Brady just signed a two-year contract, though, didn't he? Oh, he, he did, but, I mean, he's going to get injured. He's going to he's gonna fart the wrong way. He's going to twist he, an ankle. Oh, yeah. He's going to sign two-year contracts from yeah. here on out, like, every year. That's how they're managing his oh, yeah. cap impact and stuff is every year. I don't new, think he's going to last that much longer. Didn't well, he say no, five but, years, like, two or three years ago? Yeah, but even if that's the case, next year he'll sign a two-year deal, and the next year he'll sign a two until he's done. He'll sign two-year deals. Like that's that's what it's going to be. I don't think he'll ever play a season on the last year of a contract because he will want to have the door open just in case he tries to come back one more time. 
So I, I don't think he'll ever play out a contract. He will be perpetually one year removed. Okay, did you guys hear the stuff about Belichick coming out and saying he would trade Brady? No. So I don't remember where I heard it from, but someone told me that. I feel like that's just Belichick poking at the media personally. Could you ever see that duo splitting? Because I don't other than retirement. Well, I mean, it's literally who's going to who's going to who's going to quack first? Is it going to be Belichick or Brady? Who's going to say I'm done? And what do you mean this, like retire? Yeah, no, yeah, retire first. Brady, 100%. Got to be Brady. I don't know. Belichick's pretty old. I mean, Belich- it's so much easier to coach than be on the field. Yeah, Brady doesn't get hit that often. I completely get that. But it's still so much more energy doing reps, even though, again, he's got that veteran treatment. He's got that superstar treatment. But it's still, it's so much more work being out on, uh, maybe work is not the right, so much more athleticism needed to be out on the field. I feel like Belichick is just one of the greatest minds in football as far as coaching goes. Yeah, you can argue the whole cheating aspect that definitely comes into play and it kind of clouds his legacy in a sense. But overall, the guy is absolutely brilliant when it comes down to some of his schemes. I think that in general is going to allow him to go longer. Though I would love to see these two retire at the same time personally. Both of them are cheaters. And for my friend over there as a Buffalo fan. Both of them are cheaters. <laughs> yeah, sure he's ready for it. Both cheating. Cheaters. Did hmm. anyone see any gymnastics this past week? I had one more Tom Brady thing. Oh, please bring it. Oh, I just love that uh, he's getting more and more open about talking about his uh, his favorite cheat meals with his diet because we know he's super weird and crazy with his diet that's obviously working because he's still a starting quarterback in the NFL. Um, but basically, he came out to admit that he really likes to get pizza. Um, but the he actually had some, kind of some wisdom that I really respect about his idea of when he when he gets to cheat on his diet and gets what he wants. Specifically referencing pizza, he says this, but it's it's a kind of a good lesson all around. Is you know we're here, we're humans, we're here for one life. Uh, if I'm craving bacon, I get a piece of bacon. Same with pizza. You should never restrict what you really want. Said so what's different is as I've gotten older. If I want pizza, I want the best pizza. I don't eat a slice that tastes like crap and then wonder why am I eating crap pizza. So if you're gonna get what you want, get the best version of it. You know, I'm glad Tom don't, Brady don't can cheat on that. your diet for. Yeah, don't cheat on your diet for grocery store pizza, you know. Get Italian. Go to Italy and get pizza because that's what normal people do. Okay, you're Tom Brady here, boys. You each get to pick one topping that Tom Brady would have on his pizza. Drew. It's bacon. He just said that he likes bacon. Okay, you're (laughs) cheating, obviously. You must be a Patriots fan. Uh, (laughs) Hey-oh. Tyler, what are you throwing on Tom Brady's pizza? Buffalo wings. Buffalo wings. Okay, okay. Buffalo. Come on. Or, or uh, I'm going to go anchovy. Yeah. He has a salty attitude at times, and he gets a little fishy with his tactics. But, hey, he gets it done. Boy. Um, this really turned into the Brady Bash. I'm on a diet. Hey, uh, or the Brady diet. Bash. <laughs> oh, are you? What Called do you want? Starvation you diet. a little bit here and there? I mean, the whole yeah, 30. Yeah, that's more it's like the it. whole 30. <laughs> oh, nice. You can't eat anything. I, I could see it for, like, healthier reasons, but you do not need to lose weight or anything like that. We're doing it together, my wife and I. That's adorable. We're absolutely adorable. We're not. Uh, speaking of adorable, uh, hmm. Simone Biles with the crazy, crazy moves here. Uh, she went Gosh. with a triple double dismount. Uh, did any of you guys get to see the replay? I of saw this it one? live, and yes. I didn't even know what she did. Like I just thought it was a regular gymnastics move. Like I, I actually saw it live, and then the next day, t- people are just making a big deal about it. And I'm like, yeah, I saw that live. It's like what she does like every day. And what would be really disappointing <laughs> is if she was a cheater 
Wait, why? Why do you think she? Why does everything have to be crowded I'm with cheating? I'm just saying, man. I'm just saying. That's that's his thing. Just just yeah. wait. But just wait five years from now. You're gonna see. Nah. I hope she's not. just built for I this. Alright. I, d- <laughs> I do like what you're saying though, um that you just thought it was just something that she did and she's kinda got that uh that LeBron thing going where we're just so used to her doing these ridiculous things that it's nothing special to, to the average person. That's why, you know, LeBron doesn't win MVP more often. It's because we're used to him, you know, putting up those numbers that he does and carrying teams like he does. Obviously, last year being a bit of a, a ripple in that, but it, it's it's that same effect of she's just consistently amazing that it's easy to watch her and just think this is really good. This is normal Simone Biles. I know what it feels like but, now when my wife is watching football and like a crazy catch or a crazy play occurs. And I'm like, oh my gosh, and she's just like, wow, he caught the ball or he caught yeah, the ball. They, they won. They won the game. <laughs> that that is exactly what I felt like when I watched her do her little triple double. Um, Backflip thingy. Also, this is definitely the better use of the term triple double compared to basketball. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even notice she did it twice. So she did it as a dismount from the horse or whatever it's called and on the mm-hmm. floor routine. Is that right? Yeah, and I believe on the dismount from the horse, she, uh, she brought her hands down, which means she didn't fully stick it and she was really frustrated about that. And then when she did the floor routine, she she landed it absolutely correctly and was super thrilled. Whew. So, but yeah, did it twice. Uh, can either of you guys do one backflip? Um, on a trampoline, occasionally. Okay, Belichick, slow down yeah. over there. I've broken Tyler. My, I can see I, you I think doing I've a backflip. Broken my neck doing a backflip on the trampoline, and then I just stopped. Oh, uh, right. That's kind of. I could probably do at. it like on a diving board if I really tried. Okay. So you guys need a little extra bounce. Yeah. Stuff. What about you, Joey? Tell but, us how yeah. you would feel about doing a backflip. Oh, I have a hard enough time jumping yeah. on the ground. <laughs> and no, there's no way I could. Nor would I put myself in that situation because I definitely would crack my neck. I think you just crack your back. <laughs> yeah, that too. I probably, yeah, I probably wouldn't get up that far. <laughs> but back, back to Simone Biles though, didn't so she won? She won the outright there or the overall championship. Yep. That was like what her sixth national championship. Uh, I did yes. not get the number, but it's definitely up there. Yeah, just as many as Tom yeah, Brady. Correct? That's that's ridiculous. As <laughs> as as several people have said uh, that I've seen this week, and rightly so, it's time to start considering her up there with some of the most elite athletes ever from the United States. You know, Tom Brady, no. unfortunately, uh, but getting into other non traditional quote non traditional sports. You know, Serena Williams, Michael um, Phelps, Michael Phelps, Simona Biles, like. These are people who are just phenomenal athletes, not even just good at their one sport. They're just phenomenal athletes who we may never have anyone who hits that level of talent again. You know, we've got a couple swimmers right now that look like they could, that like the one guy beat Michael Phelps's world record, but I don't see him. I don't think he's going to win just the sheer amount of medals, uh, in, even in one Olympics that Michael Phelps did, because it's he's just not built the same way. Right. Yeah, and to he be at that level for swimming, so long, too, is the other key. I mean, Phelps played in so many Olympic contests, and now Biles, what you said, six championships. Like, a lot of these athletes, they can perform at a peak condition for a couple years. The ones that really, really stand out not only do extremely well in those couple years, but continue to build out their career. Like you said, Brady has done it. Phelps has done it. Biles has done it. Like, she's definitely up there in my book, 100%. She's been killing it for years now, and she continues at the highest level. 
and you know she'll be in the next Olympics. I know she's she's getting close to that, quote, aging out point, but clearly she's not slowing down, so there's no way she's not going to compete again, and she'll definitely win a medal, if not several. Like, there's, there's just no doubt. Absolutely no doubt. And another place you don't have to have doubt is finding us on Twitter because it's simple and it's easy. Find us at CAMB Podcast on Twitter. You can also email us, CAMB Podcast at otnmedia.org. We'd love to answer any questions you have for us on the show. We'd love to put up some things on Twitter for you guys, but we need a little bit more interaction. We need a little bit more love. Shoot us those emails. Let's talk about them on the show next week. Uh, in addition to that, if you want to support the show and everything we do here at OTN, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash OTN. Uh, last but not least, we are kicking off a fantasy football group for our community members at OTN. We've really started that up on our Discord server. We can put those in the show notes as well, but check those out. You'll also find links at Patreon, Twitter, emails, etc. So hit us up. We'd love to hear from you, and we'd love to get you in some of these leagues and other contests. Have a good week, guys. This podcast is part of the Overtime Network. Get more at OvertimeNetwork.com.